exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship, left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. Heck yeah. I'm here. So. I'm ready for this conversation. Yeah, we, we talked about doing the... <laughs> world economic forum stuff for a while you we, you it gets brought up in conversation so it's like, right. drip, drinking malthusians We're, getting together with billions of dollars i mean that's what they are man yeah you're all right yeah yeah that you have to explain that it. term to me before like what what the heck it was yeah. I had no idea okay that it's already gonna get our video brand uh band <laughs> you know talking about apparently making references to drinking the blood of children and whatnot like so terrified children kevin Right, whatever it is. So yeah, this this, this starting off great. Uh, but we're, we're gonna talk about like because as I've researched them and heard about their stuff, like I I view them somewhere in between like you know weird techno optimist navel gazers to like corporatist crony types. Like mo most of my view about them is is, is that and wow. stuff that is sometimes well meaning sometimes useless sometimes maybe nefarious although again most of my my worldview is like most of these people probably mean well but you can mean well and still do evil you, you give these jokers the benefit of the doubt right what they there's a bunch of billionaires there that meet up with heads of state from all over the world and they hand out money and they they buy like legislative concepts like that's always my opinion that's it i think history proves that Government sells regulations to big business to punish the little guy. And and to me, on some level, Davos is that open secret. That's where they go to do it. Right. One of the places they go to do it. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. No, they 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 meet together. They talk about stuff. And again, some of it just depends on how truthful you think they're being in terms of like, well, we need to meet together to solve significant problems. And talking between heads of state and corporations is useful to that end, which in some regards it, it could be. It just again, it depends. The devil's in the details there. It depends on like how that gets done, whether or not they're actually solving problems and whether or not. Solving those problems happens to, again, coincide with enriching themselves, which I don't have a problem with them in and of itself. Not the heads of state. I don't like that. But the corporation, corporations make money and it makes people better off. Great. Fine. I don't care. Like, I am totally fine with that. It's just if it doesn't, it ends up being rent seeking, you know, nonsense that, that well, I have a problem with. And that's, again, some of what kind of comes out of the these types of uh events and, and, so I, and eventually i i do want to get to the great reset stuff like what it actually is because i legit thought it was like a random like conspiracy theory i was like what are these internet weirdos well, talking about i literally thought whole book on Klaus it Schwab was some sort of joke like and then i do a little research and he, in 1971 he founded the world economic forum yeah i think he's a bit of a showman all right i'm gonna be honest with oh, you sure like is he actually evil or is that, does he just dress the part? I mean, is he actually like, you know, it, I think that. I mean, people, like he fits very nicely into like the stereotype of like 
American does, movie villains, man. right? Like you do kind of want to German. Uh, is he German or Swiss? I don't remember. Uh, he's German. Yeah, he's a um, German. He was when he, he was a German um, professor who teaches. I, I was teaching engineering, and decided he would, you know, hang out with some people and have some conversations, and and it actually <laughs> rapidly from 1971 into 1972 turned into something kind of growing kind of like people wanted to participate um and and it's grown throughout the years like they they uh, all right so they make they charge a lot of money kevin like if you want to be just to go visit and hang out your your admission fee 20k but 20k to go hang out hey listen you're about to forgive my student loans i'm gonna be 20k richer so I know. Congratulations, but I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Tim. Me, Tim you're you so generous. Later, if we want to talk about the World Economic Forum, <laughs> because I will go down this road in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, no, no, we, we should. We'll, we'll stay focused on the topic. Yeah, at hand, don't distract but, uh, me, Kevin. Not yet. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, again, like groups of groups of people getting together and talking about solving problems, again, not in and of itself an issue. Uh, I get a little skeeved out when heads of state, particularly like heads of like really nasty states like uh, like Saudi Arabia. And they, they get to go and, and pal around with these folks like ah, their government might actually be evil. Like it's it's a bad country. <laughs> yeah. And China's been there a bunch yeah. of times. And anytime you invite China, you you have to ignore their human rights violations and let them lecture everyone from a, a point of uh, virtuous social you know, interaction. You have to accept their, what they say they are, and you cannot talk about what they really have done. Um, so China's been there. Right. North Korea has been there. Um, yeah. North Korea has been invited and uninvited several times over the years. As you yeah. And, and it's, again, it's one of those things like, okay, again, some of the, the biggest impactful countries, uh, uh, companies in the world, like, uh, you know, Saudi Aramco, like it, it is a big impactful company. And like, it's, absolutely you know having a major impact on like the the state of the world whether it's oil prices or climate change or whatever okay so do you do you ignore them or do you invite them to the table and ask them to be part of the solution right like yeah that's a, that's sure. a thing that, okay. that on an international relations level you have to talk about same with china same with like india there's right. a lot of pollution that they do there's a lot of uh, okay, like but, terrible right. stuff that they do. Do, you, do you bring them in to be part of the solution or the uh do you fight them? You know, right? China got got to lecture the world about how they are economically um, responsible, that they're environmentally responsible, and that they're any kind of pushback against them will, you know, limit opportunity for the world. That's what they get to say at Davos, yeah. and people buy that. And look, the Chinese are famous for handing out millions of dollars, like in bags of cash, to people that they think can help their goals i have a buddy that got like well not a buddy a former boss got like 15 million dollars from them to help design baseball fields like i'm not kidding it's a real thing yeah no i mean i believe it (laughs) they Um, they throw cash around to people that like big time yeah well so is the american government (laughs) oh yeah yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's what about it? But you know, like I said, it's it's not about that. So well, let's talk about the some of the substance of it, right? Like, again, what, what are they doing? What are they advocating for? Um, and and you know, one of the one of the first things I looked up is like because I hear a bunch of folks being like, World Economic Forum, Great Reset. Again, what's the Great Reset? 
let, let's start with that, right? Like what, right. what was that? You know, uh, they, they weren't, um, they weren't, uh, kind of the first ones to use that term like richard florida had used it in a book in like 2010 but it is an actual book that um they put out the world economic forum put out called the great reset and it was in response to covid and they're like hey we're going to uh this is an opportunity to address economic inequality and restructure like how we approach work and remote work and technology and what they call the fourth industrial revolution and, and all this stuff. And they, and they, they want to push what they call like stakeholder capitalism. Right. So, right. which is, is basically if it, that, that companies should care more about just more than more about than just profits gosh they shouldn't just uh try to drive profits to shareholders they should consider other other stakeholders uh that their work impacts so the community the environment uh social justice economic inequality that when when companies are going out and doing stuff that they should consider all those other things right and Kevin, not you know just what else has five driving. points buddy you know what else has five points the pentagon <laughs> I'm just saying. Are you going to start connecting the dots? You just start connecting the dots and you get there where I'm at right now. These guys are Malthusians, right? They want to cut the population of the world by 50%. That's what, when they're talking about sustainability, all right, and guys, look, I'm going down a, a um, slightly paranoid conspiracy theory that they do nothing to discourage, okay? Because one of their focuses of the last two meetings is sustainable economic growth which i think when i hear that coming from global leaders is number one the rich stay rich number two sustainable economic growth is the rich stay rich number three economic growth number three is that if the government can say yes or no or encourage a, a special interest group or buy votes with their program that's how we're supposed to do it they just label it as sustainable economic growth and and so yeah, right. this gives to me, a lot of their literature and a lot of their goals looks like empowering government to, and, and guys, that's what stakeholdership is, is the government invests with people that are interested in providing services to a community. That's what they're talking about when they talk about stakeholders on some level. What do you think about that? Am I just a crazy? No, no, it's a, that's, that's not like, it's a, it's a bit broader than that, but like, you're not wrong. Like, that's how it is. Like they view like local governments at, at local state, national governments and international bodies as like stakeholders as well. And that, that relationship is ripe for corruption and often does lead to like, okay, if we're serving what the government, whatever government again, could be a good, wholesome democratic Republican government or a nasty, you know, Chinese totalitarian government uh, like that, that that's part of like, they get to define like what the stakeholder impact on the community is. Uh, I mean, there's also things like the, the ESG scores, which we can get into in a, a little bit again, which a measure, which isn't necessarily in and of itself bad. It's more of what do you choose to measure? How do you choose the way the impacts and then what policy and or government company governance decisions does that lead you to? And is that good or bad? Right. Again. Yeah. It's and, not, and it's look, not Kevin, when you're 55 or, and yeah. jaded from all the time giving these jokers and clowns the benefit of the doubt, and you see that the end result is they've enriched themselves and stolen my children's future, you're going to be looking like me. You're going to be wearing a ratty hat. You're going to be angry, and you're going to be like, I, I, because when 
we get collaborative with with government and we we give them the benefit of the doubt i feel as though we're selling ourselves short okay i'm a big fan of microeconomics of individual liberty of people interacting for their own good and i think when we allow the government to dictate our actions and when they hang out with clowns like klaus schwab who guys he does it on purpose man he's a showman he this thing built because he's kind of funny and he plays that evil villain character pretty well so i think that we can kind of I want to be even more skeptical than I am when when groups of rich oligarchs meet up with governments from around the world and they load up those DC 10s with their their uh, limousine, their million dollar limousine entourages and they drop them in Davos and they drive to the summit like us. Why? How do we minimize these corrupt clowns power over us? Oh, that's, sure. That's it, it's it's hypocritical, you know, and, and again, I'm not dismissing that. What, what I would say is like, again, it's not necessarily a problem to me if if companies and governments work together to solve like a particular problem right so you know it it, it could be fine like like okay if if you have to solve a particular problem related to uh like flooding or something for instance right and there, there are companies in a coastal area who have the ability to be able to mitigate the potential storm damage from flooding and they work together and figure out like what what does the government take care of? What do companies take care of? Private individuals, where are they going to contract companies to do to help make sure that homes, businesses, infrastructure isn't in danger from flooding, right? That That's a public-private partnership that could, in theory, make sense because if, and again, like the libertarian to me is like, are people just figure that out on their own. But like, I, I get that that type of stuff happens when government is trying to figure out like, how do we protect our infrastructure uh, people who you know aren't able to uh, get out of harm's way, and you know their own assets in in situations where you're facing like extreme weather situations. Which, again, because of of stuff like that, both corporations figuring that stuff out, individuals making better choices, and governments making some good choices. Like the the number of people who've died from weather related incidents, despite the people talking about global warming, has gone down significantly over the last hundred years. It, it's not a bad thing. Again, the, in it's a bunch of different stuff happening there. And another place where you see that too, and and where people get freaked out is like the food thing, right? So people are like, oh, like here are these companies trying to figure out world hunger, food supplies, logistics, and some of it is fine. Like some of it's like, well, these companies, the, these big ad companies, like they are involved in this stuff already. Do you, yeah. as a government say like, well, we're just going to shut them out because like, we don't like them. We don't like corporations. We don't want profit. Or do you work with them? And again, right. the part where I get like, no, we need to stay the heck away from that. So when you get some of these companies like, sure, we'll we'll switch to all organic and we're going to follow your strict standards and we're going to develop regulations that shut out small farmers. Like that type of stuff, that we're sucks. So, That's we're terrible. so good at it, Kevin, in the United States that we're taking down Amish farmers, man. We, we took down Amos the Amish. He had a 4,000-member kind of co-op and the USDA went in and closed him down. All right? Yeah. $300,000 worth of fines. So that's the problem when we grant these guys directional power that's what they do with it they come up with regulations and they find this guy that's breaking their system right and they ruin him and that's what they're trying to do to amos and i'm sad about it yeah i mean there there, there's so many situations like that 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 are just awful and you know i definitely talk about regulatory capture quite a bit like it's a thing too you know it's 100 percent again to me i'm like it's not every instance of cooperation is necessarily bad, 
but there are a lot of bad ones. So I take it on a case by case basis. I, I get that taking it on a case by case basis. The issue that I come I, I keep wanting to go back to for you is when we take it on a case by case basis, we say, Oh, that one was good and that one was bad, all that does is allow them to do more of that when what we want somehow is a freer society and answers to pollution, right? Because the climate's going to change. We need answers for that. I get that we need the government for that. Somehow I want this disconnect from business and individuals and big businesses who basically have stables full of tax chattel for the federal government to, to be, I want their power to be minimized. Yeah. All right. So like, we'll talk about climate change stuff too, right? Okay. Okay. Sure. You know, again, some of like what needs to happen on climate change, assuming that that is a problem you think is worth addressing, which I do. I think I, I'm definitely not one of the doomers, like the world's right. ending in five years and we need to end cap. Like, that's not me. I'm like, okay, this is probably a thing that's going to start slowly impacting us. And we either need to mitigate potential damage and, or try to reverse it. Right. Okay. So right. you accept that premise. What are things that companies can do? Well, develop new technology. What are things that government needs to do? Most of the time is get the heck out of the way. Like, ha like again, some of it's like, okay, you could you could limit like the externalities on the environment if you decide carbon is an externality. Okay, yeah, that's a thing. And then some of that's again like get out of the way of nuclear power. There's a lot of really awesome potential there, and most of the reason it doesn't develop in the United States or in Germany, for that matter, is because the the government's getting the way. Like that's, Correct. that's the problem there. And again, the partnership that could be, it's like the, between the, the investors and the, the creators of nuclear power could like work with governments. Be like, okay. You want to address this as a serious problem Then okay, here's how we do it. Here's a way that we can do that. Yeah. But you're going to have to work with the companies. The, the companies are going to have to work with the government to say, okay, here's what's safe. Here's what works. You know, here's our evidence to prove that because people are freaked out because a lot of populists are like, hey, what, what these people are just trying to make money. They don't care about the earth. They're going to kill us all. You know, like there's a lot of that. And, and well, so and we, it takes time to overcome that. We sensationalize stories. OK, Chernobyl was the biggest nuclear disaster in the history. But like there's a documentary about Three Mile Island and that that and, and we can take a look at Fukushima and and, and the, the tidal wave incident. And yeah, we were going on the scale of infinite time, we're going to have an infinite possibility of disaster. So we're going to have nuclear disasters, right? The technology exists to minimize those disasters. And the problems at Three Mile Island and the problems at Fukushima were minimized, absolutely yeah. minimized. Other than the loss of power, that the, the real problems were minimized. So yeah, and, and like really like real not, discussion about nuclear not really power. anyone died at either fukushima or three mile island like it didn't, yeah it didn't happen people think like it, it was a, like and it was it was a it was close to being a serious thing and fukushima was a weird natural disaster that you, you can't always plan for every eventuality correct correct but and and so we'll, we'll get back to some of the ideology things like where, where can like I'll, I'll accept the premise. Okay, we have this problem and we want to do something about it, and it is good to do something about it, right? But like, sure. where where does that lead you astray, right? And like, where do I get concerned about this stuff? So one is like, uh, diehard absolutism in certain fields of like energy production, right? Like with the wind and solar stuff, like that, that's that's leading Germany down like a path where they might not be able to sustainably power themselves this winter. Um, and, and that's becoming a problem. Again, if you, you're dogmatic in, in only wanting certain solutions, again, I'm not 
totally anti-solar wind. I just don't think it's the the total thing. And I know, you know, you have feelings about solar for sure. I, I like solar. But, I like green energy. I like the yeah. concepts behind it. I like developing um, power from our natural resources like the sun and the wind. I, I think that that's attractive to me. Now, it, it, there is a problem like that you're pointing out very well that, that they are not electric is not a great provider of heat. OK, like it's just not. That, that uses a lot of energy. And having BTUs stored in the side of your house that you can transfer to the inside of your house is an incredibly efficient and safe way to keep yourself from freezing to death in the winter. It's real, yeah. okay? Like, that's real. So yeah. we have to to move forward. We have to be sensible, right? Yeah. So again, there's all these options out, out there, but if you, if you, you are too narrow or you're like haphazard and how you're going to do it, like, Oh, we're only going to do this. And we're going to spend all this money. And like, that's not there. There are other opportunity costs from doing things in a certain way where, Hey, natural gas production makes sense for energy right now. It's very efficient. Like it's, yeah. it's good in a lot of ways as we start to build this stuff up. If you're a radical and says, we got to shut all this stuff dumb, down right now, it's literally going to kill people. No, we have to build that up. And, and yeah. to that end, and you had mentioned like the, you know, I think you had mentioned there's a war on the commenters. Did. I promise we're going to get to a bunch of these comments. Yeah, these are great comments. Minutes. Dude, they're fire. You guys are leaving great stuff. We're going to get to a bunch of them. But, great. you know, like the, uh, there, there are people who like, I think Jane Goodall made a statement about this at the World Economic Forum about how like, maybe it's not a bad thing if, and I'm, I'm sort of like paraphrasing here, but maybe it's not a bad thing if COVID wipes a bunch of people out because we're overpopulated anyway. Uh, and yeah, like, Malthusians, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there. like again, again, that like that Malthusian like idea of like, well, this this isn't sustainable. We're, we we have too many people. We're not able to grow enough food to provide enough energy. So right. what we have to do is control the population. And that, like, what starts with a a a good and reasonable idea to try to protect the environment and you know mitigate disaster can lead you down the road to evil ideas. Right. Again, rigid authoritarianism. That's what that stuff is. Right. We get into rigid authoritarianism where the solution is let people die. OK. And that's not cool. Now, I did find some stuff that came out of the World Economic Forum, like reimagining cities. OK. Where what we have to do and, and Patty Blanchard is going to appreciate this one is what we have to do is make cities greener because as if the temperature is actually rising, what we have to do is find ways to mitigate heat in areas where heat accumulates. And so they want like green roofs, right? They want grass growing on roofs. They want, they want cultural like centers in the, in former hotspots that they plant trees and grow kind of cool stuff and maybe even actually move cooler air into that area and get rid of the hotter air. So these are things that, that. Yeah. And, and that's like sense. the, like the, the cool, like, techno navel gazing side of them that like I, I kind of like like and appreciate in some ways sure yeah it, we have to imagine a future that's better okay and if we don't do that if we imagine the future is evil that we're going to overpopulate the earth and run out of resources instead of saying hey technological advancement and human ingenuity is going to come up with answers for this but we have to let them because we don't always know the answers even us smart the smartest people in the world are should it be able to admit that they don't necessarily know the absolute best answer they don't know what's going to be yeah. most efficient and most appealing to individuals like kevin and tim and shelly and daniel and paula yeah. and again they, so there are folks involved because like it's the whole like world economic forum stuff like it, it's kind of messy because there are folks like that who are like we can like use technology to to fix and or address these problems 
Uh, and that that's cool. You know, like, I don't mind that again. And then there's a dark side of that. And like, well, I guess we're going to have to institute a one child policy type of stuff. Right. Like, and I, I don't know. That right. actually, at, But it's, like, that's what China did. Cause they're worried about population. They instituted a one child policy. It, and that was like a demonstrably evil policy. There's that, always the authoritarian answer to this. And it always involves violence. Right. Yeah, like when, when you start like thinking like, well, we'll, we'll just control people. And like, again, what, when you, that Malthusian mindset is, is incredibly dangerous. When you start to think, yeah, we've really reached a point. We're going to have to do something drastic to save humanity. That that's when the supervillain stuff comes in. Yeah, that's, that's, then, I, then everyone's suddenly Thanos. You know, and Klaus Schwab, know, Klaus Schwab knows that he absolutely knows that. And he absolutely plays with your minds. And I'm, he he's at the basis of some of our more authoritarian uh, you know you were talking about opportunity cost apparently an opportunity cost for more green energy and inflation reduction is irs agents i just want to point that out <laughs> i just just want to no no so tim they're, they're going to generate all this money and then we'll have more money to invest in cl- yeah, you know, yeah. Like, they won't have to devalue the currency every year anymore. They will. No, they, that sound no. that sound fiscal policy, bro. They're gonna get it. Um, so they're going after they're going after multinational corporations. That's what they need these clowns for. That's yeah. that's not what they need. That's it's not that's not what's gonna happen. No one should believe that. Okay, that is not what they need the extra agents for. They're gonna catch Joe the landscaper and Tim the contractor and Kevin the ads guy who does some work for his friend on the weekend. And they're gonna catch yeah. catch the lady down the street who's been taking in cash to babysit her neighbor's kids. Like that's who they're gonna catch, guys. That's yeah. who they can catch. That's who they have no risk of catching because we're all basically law-abiding citizens. Yeah, more or less. <sighs> but. So you brought up the city thing and, and I want to bring up like, cause there's all these memes around, like, you know, you, you are going to own nothing and have no privacy and you're going to love it. Right. So I, I looked up like where they actually came from. Like it, it was from oh, the world economic forum, but it, it was, was from, yeah, it, it but it, it was from this, uh, this blog post that Ida Alkin, uh, who is the, a young global leader, uh, and member of the Global Future Council on Cities and Urbanization of the World Economic Forum. She, she wrote this article. It was entitled, Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Right? And, and yeah. Yeah. So, so like that, that, that's a real thing. Although, like, the article is, is strange, but a lot of people like take this statement. And they're like, ah, see, like they're going to impose communism on us. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not really what it means. It's more. <laughs> It's it's more corporatism. Than, than it is communism. definitely corporatism, and we, it, guys, we see it every day. Like, go try to buy your own copy of like Microsoft Windows or whatever. You got to rent it now, okay? Microsoft yeah. Office, excuse me. Like, of course, I still have my twenty. Well, you well, you got subscriptions for everything, right? Because you don't have to actually have you a disc and install on your computer. You know, you can just. Yeah. You can lease heated seats now from BMW. Congratulations. That, that one's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like what a shitty business model. And you know what? It just fits with the World Economic Forum. So yeah. So well, look, let, let me let me explain the blog post though, because like I I, I okay. do want to explain like what it yeah, was. Do it, yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll like because like part of it's like yeah I this is more observational than like aspirational, right? Like so part of it they're like in the future in cities specifically, a lot of people probably aren't going to own cars. They already don't own cars in like big enough cities, right? I didn't own a car for my first several years in Rochester. My wife and I shared one car. She drove to work. I rode my bike everywhere. Uh, because like I got jobs that weren't far from me, but they they say uh, the article says like in the city they're going to 
you're just going to be able to call up an Uber, which is going to be automated in the future too. They're going to be automatically sure. driving cars and you know, you're just going to do that. Like, and it'll be so like quick and convenient that like, why would you bother owning a car for the trips you do need to make? Because you could just right. use this and, it, and it's already sort of happening in Rochester. I know several friends who like there are zip cars available. The city has like a rental car system where you can just go up, enter a number and like take an electric car out for the day. It's really cheap to do. So if you're able to get, to work on a bus or something and then you need to go drive out to to the you know a friend's house a, an hour away you can rent a car like so you and same way and she had brought it to like uh well maybe people will do that with clothing too there are like subscription clothing boxes now you can do you know, yeah rentals so like okay maybe uh the one that i found a bit far-fetched is like and no one will cook at home anymore and they're just going to even if you do want to cook at home you'll just rent the pots and pans i'm like no, I don't want to do it. I want a consistent frying pan. Like I need to know like how yeah. it's going to react to my stove. Yeah. Um, and, and then like, and then the no privacy, they, the article made that clear. That's a negative thing because companies will know so much about you from the buying decisions you're constantly having to make to subscribe and or rent everything that they'll still know absolutely everything about you. And yeah. They're, they're thinking like most people will probably be okay with that in the same way that they're a lot of people are okay with what like Facebook and Google knows about you now and Amazon knows right. about you now. True. They're, they're uneasy with it, but like they're not going to stop using those services. Yeah. We, we pretty willingly give up our data like that. We pretty willingly, if unwittingly give away our data. I, I will say that the world economic forum has a, a, I would call it a social media platform outreach kind of program where they 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 pay they grant money to 800 or so young people a year to get out there and make noise on their behalf so it was this blogger one of those or was that not identified I, I uh, it's kind of like that like employed to advocate for yeah. solutions and like um so, being a futurist basically you know that's yeah. All right. And look, I'm a big fan of talking about future stuff. Like I'm the guy that says, look, roads, roads are causing global warming. You you paint half the earth black. It's going to hold heat and reflect it back into the atmosphere. That's a real problem. If we had flying cars, Kevin, we would flying not cars. need as much roads as we got. Roads are baloney. They're baloney. They're, they're destroying the environment. Paint them white. That will save the world. All right, so Klaus, you, you you heard it here. Give Tim a flying car, and you can buy his loyalty. Yes, honestly, guys, somebody <laughs> please get me a flying car. He like technological. There was a point I made on uh, my Facebook page, guys. Like I like to talk about things that sometimes I try to draw you into a conversation with me. But I made a point about how not only does government steal from us through taxes, not only does government steal through from us for through like. Um, the taxation through devaluing the currency. They also steal from us by like taking advantage of technological advancement and, and where there are times with what the government has done to us that we would have really lost some standard of living that, that we still, we currently enjoy. Yeah. If when they do that, like the technological advancement outpaces their theft. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but it's in my brain and I just want to talk about it. Does that make yeah, sense? I mean, to you? No, it, it does make sense. That's like my, my hope for the future is that like we can uh, companies can move fast enough and break enough things that like the, the regulation almost wouldn't matter. Like that's like part of me is like, 
you know, Uber, I, I, I appreciated what they did because it's like, we're just going to go out and start doing this thing. And a bunch of governments like, wait, no, you can't do that. And by the time, like, That's they caught up saying. to, like, freaking out about it, they're like, ah, well, everyone actually kind of loves this. All right, so but, like, if they, had, if they had asked permission, like, yeah. it just wouldn't, ride sharing would not be a thing. Yeah, I'm really glad that you got my point there. That I, I yeah. think that it's kind of almost abstract that people don't realize that our standard of living may be slightly better than it was 30 years ago, but that it could have been so much more had had the government not stolen part of it yeah. by stopping technological advancement, by by actually fighting over infrastructure and saying, this is the only way to build a bridge. This is the only way that we can travel from place to place and it, the car companies and big oil are like yeah no they're definitely right those guys got it like this yeah. is the only way to do it well, you, you need roads you need tires and you need engines and that's right. it destroyed the trolleys I, just saying well they, one, one of the actual true conspiracies they're tearing up uh all the uh the trolley lines for yeah trolley every once in a while you'll hit a big bump in a city and you'd be like yeah your kid will be like what is that you'll be like they, they they used to run trolleys down through here all day long, every day. Yeah, no, like the ice cream up. shop I go to in uh, uh in my neighborhood, there's there's like this path that just kind of like cuts through the neighborhood, uh, it's just like this greenway, and that's it's it's where power lines run now, but it's where there used to be a trolley line that would run from my neighborhood up to the lake. Yeah, they used to go from Oneana up to Cooperstown. Um, they used to go from Oneana up to Utica. And there's still there's still remnants there. Like they, these roads were well built. Like you dump big piles of stone and you flatten it out. They're still there. You can still walk them yeah. all over the place around here. We're, we were like the birthplace of the railroad and baseball, just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, all right. So we're we're like halfway through. Let's let's get to some of the comments. There's some right? fire comments. I hope we can remember what we were talking about. Like so, we'll we'll come back up. Um, uh, Patty says, Kevin, you said yesterday that if you do crazy and bad things, you suffer the consequences of losing friends. Why are good and bad countries hanging out with them? Money. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. Again, yeah. and, and my point yesterday with like talking about the, the wildest press conference in Rochester history was that, like you can choose to do that. And, and there are many cases in which like perhaps the United States and certainly individual actors with the United States should disassociate with bad actors in china and saudi arabia and i yeah and support their freaking messaging like they're paid mouthpieces for those jokers it's embarrassing yeah and and i hope they make those individual choices again on the geopolitical level it's it's tough because i get like they have a big impact so excluding them from those discussions means that like this that if they especially if they are the cause of the problem without the use of force without going to war like how do you convince them to stop doing the bad thing yeah china uh, made the case like they're 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 the moral superior like we yeah. need free trade we need to be be and it's like you guys are jailing people for like nonsense yeah for your for religious beliefs it's bad and they turn them into slaves bro why it's just bad china does bad shit and then they lecture the world it, it, yeah no 100 um Let's see. Uh, Steve says better living through eugenics. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, we, we'd we'd mentioned that. It's just yeah. sometimes, like you, you get in that that Thanos mindset. Like, yeah, you know what? It is totally justified to, you know, <laughs> get rid of half the population. That's going to help, guys. It doesn't help. And actually, I, you know, Thanos did his best to keep it random. Let's be honest. It was just fifty percent right down the middle. He he knew that that was the moral and just decision. It was not 
genetically superior. It was so not, it's not not eugenics. His it's just friend, random, right? It was so different. Fifty percent down the middle. That's yeah. that's the kind of king we need, guys. <laughs> tough but fair. Um, <laughs> tough, <laughs> tough but fair. Right. Uh, da- Daniel says ESG is not a conspiracy. Got an email just the other week from a tenant asking for a specific breakdown on utilities for ESG reporting. Yeah, no, it's 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 a legit thing. And again, ESG stands for uh, environmental, social, and um, uh, government. And and it's it's a score that evaluates. Again, I don't necessarily have a problem with this concept in and of itself. It it is how it's used, how it's ranked, that that I have a little bit more of an issue with, but okay. If, if a, a private entity wanted to rank, does this company have a lot of impact on the environment? Are they having a negative impact somewhere? Uh, you know, are they treating their workers fairly? Are they causing damage to a community through like what they're doing again, subjective, but, and then governance risk is, is like, are they likely to be subject to regulation in the near future? And that score together gives investors a, a clue about whether or not they might want to invest in that type of company, right? If it aligns with their virtue. It, yeah, if it does it align with their values. Again, <laughs> which I prefer the word virtue, but values is what yes, they would say. That is what they would say. And so like again, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily like bother me, but it, it's how it's used, how it gets gamed that ends up being a problem. Like, you know, I was reading an article about how a lot of tech companies are able to kind of game this system because they're just like, during COVID, they they all went remote. So they're able to kind of indicate that their environmental score went down because their employees aren't commuting long distances to the office. Uh, and then they have like kind of low like admin overhead anyway. So they're able to game that side of the system and get a good ESG score, even though like it's not like they changed anything fundamentally. And again, it, it's, it's a matter of what you count versus what you don't count. Again, direct pollutants right. put to the atmosphere versus uh, commuting make- time versus like, okay, all those like servers that have to be run. Are you counting the power from those? Where's that power come from? Is it sustainable? It, it you can, you know, I, 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 I work in software, I work in data a lot and like you can measure all sorts of stuff to tell the story that you want to tell. And so if the companies designing and advocating for the system want to tell a story about how they have a good ESG score and you should feel good about investing in them, What's, they can do Do you it. know what Raytheon's ESG score is, Kevin? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're very proud of their green killing machines, okay? Like, they're like, we make the greenest killing machines in the world and because we love the environment. We love That's it. Right. And, so and our manufacturing processes are also net zero. And it's like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, if they're if they're manufacturing a solar like, and wind power, murdering you know. clowns, like seriously, stop yeah. it. I know. Yeah, I, I've seen some of that stuff, like where they're like, yes, you know, we we at this weapons company, like we're a hundred percent renewable energy. I'm like, guys, you were still making bombs. <laughs> You're making freaking bombs. Wow. I honestly, it, it's they're they're. Guys, if if you want your brain to kind of explode, you should check out Raytheon's tweet stream. They they are very proud of their investments in green manufacturing. Very yeah. proud. Yeah, I know. That's a, I, I appreciate people roasting them for that and for their like LGBTQ stuff. And and they're like, yeah, like we're we're a great company. I'm like, okay. All right. So look, you you don't have to like that guy from New Hampshire, but his his make work gay is oh i hated that That oh my god it was hilarious bro come on no that sucked 
It's satire. So satire. No. It's, no. It's we we could do we could do like a whole other thing on that because they they got a whole bunch of bad like damaging stuff going on like New Hampshire. That, that may be, going but terrible. It, uh, the lack of they, success is very frustrating. That's a reality. We and as libertarians, if we don't start, oh, so like we're gonna make things better by making like Holocaust jokes. Great. No, yeah, I'm not thanks. saying that. I'm not That's saying what they that. did today, Tim. Uh, <laughs> so. No, I, I, you have to see the Make War Gay video. I don't think you've seen it because you. No, I, I have seen it, and <laughs> like, uh, Kevin, yeah, no, like that's I, I, that, that doesn't hit in a way that like. I get the 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 joke they're trying to make, but like it just doesn't hit in a way that like I know out. it's it. Look, it's it's a symptom of a lack of success. I want to yeah. be honest. No, I mean I that that I agree with. Like, lack of success has led people to radical strategies mm-hmm. that I think are counterproductive. But that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, right, we uh, got, this, this one get, we. That's the one I was going to hit. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Paula on Facebook says, uh, seems like green movement is another type of Fabian socialism. It never wants to address issues at the local level. So many green types just want to have the feds take over everything in the name of climate change. They'll come up with yeah. alphabet soup agencies to solve your problems, Paula. They definitely will. You definitely know that's their goal. Because honestly, we're, to where a, a, a point Kevin and I kind of agree on, they think – that they're doing something good when they create a government jobs program to solve a problem that they created. So yeah, you're absolutely, this is spot on, right? They yeah. centralized planning, feds taking over everything. And here we are going to boss the ATF, abolish the FDA, FBI, abolish the CIA, abolish the IRS. And we need to sell that, man. People got to understand yeah. what we're talking about. Now, um, so is it, although I'll, the, here, here's one of the things where I get a bit conflicted on, right? Like building stuff like like railroads, like high speed rail, metro lines, um, you know, like kind of doing any project right now, it gets caught up in a lot of stuff. Like usually at the local level, right? right? And there, other countries like it is it's so much cheaper to build a mile of like metro line in France or in Japan than it is in the United States, and part of it's because like the national government just says. Now nah, we're going to do this and there's no like local board to object. So on the one hand, like you get stuff done. On the other hand, you're probably tearing up communities to do that. You are. And you're stealing property of the yeah, whole way. Through. Eminent domain. And so they, so I, I'm conflicted on this one. Cause part of me is like, yeah, that stuff would be helpful in some of these situations. Like, I would never get on a high speed train. That's crazy. I want to I'm, I'm holding out for flying cars, bro. Just wait for flying cars. Uh, yeah, automated flying cars. I just beep, 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 punch him the address, kick back, start making nasty tweets and working on my Facebook page. And that's it. That's what I do. And then I show up at work a couple hours later. It's perfect. Yeah, might be a thing. Might be a thing. But um, but yeah, so that's that's one of those interesting things about that. And again, you if you do that, you could just say, hey, we're going to build this nuclear power plant. And if if like a handful of locals like, no, this stinks. We don't want radiation in our backyard. They could be like, mm, nope, deal with it. Yeah. Get that, but that, that's the temptation, right? Like, again, and I'm, I'm against that. Like, I get, like, why it seems enticing to be like, if we just get these corporations and governments together at the international level, like, we can go and get stuff done and, like, not worry about the rubes who are opposed to this. They just don't know what's good for them, right? And it's like, it, it is like an elitist, uh, like, mentality that goes into to that. And I... So I get the temptation, but yeah. Yeah, Look, it can lead you to some dark roads. 
We're, we're going to talk about the crickets? Are we supposed We've to got to talk crickets? about the crickets, man. we got to, right? Are we supposed to fry them? How do you cook crickets, guys? I've had like chocolate-covered crickets, but actually, I think it was like raisins. I don't think it was actually crickets. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you can you can fry them, like the, the, the Mexican crickets that you can get. Very good. You know, fry them, cover them some. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's actually good. All right, you can have them in flour. Um, you know, so it's just like like protein. roll them in flour. No, no. Well, I mean, you could do that too when you fry them, but uh, but like they they grind them into a powder, and so it's like just a, a protein rich, uh, like it, and you mix it with with like wheat flour, and it just adds extra protein to food. It's the thing. Yeah. And, and again, the the crickets thing is one of those like it's more observational than prescriptive in a lot of cases. I, although sometimes it starts to lean into the prescriptive I think that's thing. Can I blow that point up for a second? I think the perception is, and I think we've seen it play out in reality, and perhaps I'm repeating myself, but that that what what the suggestions that come out of the World Economic Forum are rapidly put into uh, action by unimaginative Vogons who want to say, all right, look, I'm doing something Vogons. with my virtue. Love the reference. And we're going to bulldoze your freaking house. And it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the perception of what the World Economic Forum and their their wilder suggestions comes down to is that AOC is going to jump on that idea. Nancy Pelosi is going to smash it through the house and the Senate is going to pass it by one vote. Cause Kamala Harris is going to come down there and, and Joe Biden is going to be like, let's give him $80 billion to enforce that law. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's the perception. And I think that perception is probably based Maybe. on some level of reality. No, there, there, there's some some level of reality there, right? Like uh, that that they could impose this solution on folks rather than like, again, like the, for the folks who are like, there's these entrepreneurs who are like, you know what? I bet bros will drink a, a protein shake made out of crickets if it's high enough protein, and and they're right as it turns out, and people want it, and they are they they buy it, and it's super cheap to raise crickets, and like that's that's uh, and that's why I like these these you know technocrat futurist types are like. Yeah, you know, like we're we're gonna like start doing crickets because it's cheap and it's better for the environment than meat. And like, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then if they start going, and we should make it mandatory. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 that's where you lost me. Let it compete in the free market. You want to buy like fake meat? Buy fake meat. I don't care. I buy real meat. I put it in my freezer, and uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. And like Shelly says, it means nothing and have no privacy. That much. Yeah, they're they're pretty happy. Orange is the new black. They don't ever seem happy in that one. No, no, it's 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 not great. No. <laughs> let me let me handle this one by Steve that comes up. Um, our friend Steve Becker, your 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 gas stove will soon be illegal. And guys, look, I, I, yeah. the way I'm seeing New York State going, this is an absolute fact. All right, and I'm now, surprised it has snapper already. Honestly, well, it got proposed. A uh, city councilwoman proposed it in Rochester. Yeah, look, I, that's that's the amazing issue like we have a an apartment complex that was just built by the government enriching enriching a developer giving him property for free basically and then granting him millions of dollars in tax credits but they put in 70 gas meters into this complex and i'm like how's that gonna work out like that ain't that's not we're we're moving towards India. we can't get more gas supplied to our community right now we can't get a pipeline connection we have to drive trucks up and down the road and so People go like, well, those are bomb trucks and not not one of them is blown up. But of course, there's this yeah. horrific dialogue that society comes up with and every joker and clown jumps on board who loves who who thinks the blue boot is on their foot. OK, they, these jokers think they're wearing the boot. Right. And they're not. 
they're licking the boot and they need to knock it off. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And, and well, and one <laughs> other Sorry. quick point I like the gas. Again, there, there are good reasons to get rid of gas stoves or, or like other what? gas appliances, right? Uh, well, uh, so like they, they do emit like a lot of like uh, uh, pollution inside your house too like because it it does a lot of gas stoves like especially once they get a bit older they get a bit dirty they don't burn as cleanly so like there there are reasons to not do it you can usually mitigate with stove i have a gas stove um i don't like that it makes my kitchen much hotter during the summer and i don't know why it makes my kitchen so hot when well i know why i'm burning gas uh but like i might get an induction stove next we'll see but i don't want to be I don't. Lie. They they are they are they've gotten better, but I don't want to be forced to do that because a bunch of folks are like, "We'll just get an induction stove," you know, like they work they work just as well as gas. I'm like, oh, a, no, they don't. B, I have to buy weird cookware to do it, and C, like they're they're just very expensive, and not everyone wants to do that. Like, you shouldn't force people to like switch over to that thing. Like, it, pr- provide a carrot or something right? if you like, want, but it- like. Let it let the battle be fought, and and yeah. that's how technological advancement happens. And, and that 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 drive to serve your neighbors—that's the amazing thing about real capitalism. That drive to serve your neighbors better than the other guy creates efficiency. It creates new technology, and it creates compassion, or allows compassion to happen. Non-government sponsored compassion to happen, and that's something else the government has taken from us: the ability to be as compassionate as we would like to be. Our tax burden is too high. I'm I'm not Kevin. I did promise you. Yeah, guys, you should learn how to make alcohol like your own alcohol, because at some point you may have to heat your house with it. You may have to use it for your individual like when you need something because they can they can shut off the supply of propane. They can shut off the supply of gas. They can make it illegal. Like I'm not saying that they're going to, but they could and they they have too much control. We've given them too much control. Yeah. And I mean. It's a, a thing now where it's just a supply issues. Like, again, not as much yeah. in the U.S. because we have some domestic supply. But in Europe, it's they could just shut down. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Um, so there's a point I want to make about nuclear power. I, I and the migrant crisis at the border. And look, guys, I, I hate what's going on um, where people are used as political footballs. I think that that, that cheapens all of us. Um, that w- when we celebrate... Uh, the the governor of Texas shipping buses to to New York City, but when we don't actually accept the fact that there is some sort of humanitarian crisis going on at the border, and that Texas can't handle all these people that are coming in as effectively as they they if if they built infrastructure. Oh my God, I sound like a bootlicking status, but if they built infrastructure to handle these things, okay. Um, when we use people, human beings as political footballs and we ship them yeah. all over the country to make political points. And I'm not even saying that the, the governor of Texas and his name is escaping me right now is it. wrong. It, it It's just we're we used to be better human beings ourselves than that. Um, there's a certain amount of blessing, I think, that we should all feel by being born of a, a, a really, truly long running mostly capitalist society that is now being perverted and corrupted into a corporatocracy and a fascist, you know, semi-oligarchy kind of deal. But we we can still reach back to our better selves and say, all right, this whole thing is awful. But I, I have a way to solve the problem, Kevin. I have okay. a way to solve the problem. Do you know how many nuclear power plants there are in Mexico? I... Guess how many nuclear power plants there are in all of South America? I don't know. There's one in Mexico. 
one. Oh, and one. there's like seven in all of South America. Seven. Wow. Do you know how many nuclear power plants are in the United States? I mean, not enough, but more than that. There's like 65 or 70. Yeah. Hang on. I had I had it up. It may even be more than that. It may may get close to a let me pull it yeah, up. I think yeah. it might get nuclear. I think it might get to close to a thousand. In the US? I'm not sure. They keep really? it pretty quiet, right? Yeah, I didn't think it was that many. But uh let me check. I, uh, I, well, I, because so many had, had kind of mix and match. My brain gets impulsive when we have these long extended conversations. All right. So we I see 52. All right. So there's 52 in the United States, one in Mexico, seven in South America. Um, if, 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 and this would, would, would bring back this notion of limitless power for individuals to consume. Okay. That is green in its nature. That doesn't. Okay. So if we don't help them move to towards nuclear power generation, and if we don't end the war on drugs, the crisis continues because their economies are run by black market thugs who battle with the government for supremacy. OK. Yeah. And then they sell the opportunity to get smuggled into the United States. Like if we don't fix this issue that they don't have the right amount of power, that that nuclear power could solve their problems. If we it, so I'm saying nuclear power end the war on drugs. It's it's not a short term solution, but it would solve the problem, and it is a problem. Like we can want more immigration, but we also have to accept that the current way we do it is horrible for everybody. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. Um, and it would be better if they had more opportunity, right, and limitless power at their disposal to cool their homes or whatever it is that they're you know disempower these things, disempower black marketeers, disempower yeah. violence through you know economic opportunity. And free trade and and the industrious of the human industriousness of the human being. I, and I think nuclear energy has the the, the, the ability to provide that. Abbott, yeah, that's it. Abbott, yep. Um, but but yeah, I I, mean, I generally agree. You can make make life better in some of these other places. You know, open up other opportunities there. Yeah. And uh, you and you could do that through expanding trade policies. We do have relatively good trade policies in mexico although the i don't know i think nafta was better but that's just me but you think well i'm sorry nafta was better than what we have now than whatever it is i forget whatever what hodgepodge you know yeah like, look, i mean it'd be great if we had like you know full free trade i, I get it but uh you know, uh, but opening up free trade like uh, uh, makes it easier for materials to build those things and to have things like air conditioners to have things, you know, that make their lives better. So you don't what, what so you don't have as much control over like the day to day day to day, uh, like buying and selling your goods in the hands of like violent people as you start to expand the opportunities into to other entrepreneurs, the, the cartels have less power. And the you know the the bad human traffickers have less power, yeah. and people are able to get over. And you know, th there's different things that like uh, freedom is the answer. That that's that's. I agree, point. man. And so it, it hit me when we were going to be talking about the World Economic Forum and global warming today, and, and limitless sources of power and nuclear power on some level can offer us all limitless sources of power if we use it effectively and responsibly. And I guess this would get to where Kevin says, you know, occasionally we need stakeholder and, and government partnerships. And I think nuclear power is probably one area where I think it would make it 
more acceptable. And uh, ending black markets, guys, the violence that comes from black markets is is you don't see it any place better than what happens. You you see it localized in in cities, okay? But maybe you you don't see it in your local communities. But you see it on a grand scale when you talk about people fleeing. And people want to blame climate change so that they can empower the centralized government. But what they're fleeing is violence. Okay. They're fleeing violence and they're looking for a better life for them and their kids. And the black market that the United States used its military to help create the war on drugs is the reason for the migrant problem, the immigration problem. What do you think? Am I too far off base there? Am I too, too socialistic, communistic, (laughs) <laughs> or is it just the right tone that libertarians should take? No, no, I mean, that's it. I, I generally ag- agree with you on, on a bunch of that, but yeah. Um, all right, so it's problems once again, yeah, yeah. We solved it. All right, so, um, I know, I, I know we, did, we didn't definitively answer the question though, like, you know, it's a world economic forum, something to worry about again, like, yes, yes, it's something t- to be t- worried Tim about. Is, how do we disempower that. those clowns the same way we disempower all the rest of the clowns? Like, you know, come the, the, up with do you have a solution? Come on. Yeah, no. We, so that's the thing, right? Tim, what are the solutions? It? Disempower the federal government. Cancel the 16th Amendment. Like, that's that's how we do it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that's not going to happen. I know. But guys, all right, we can have impact locally. All right, We can spread the message of freedom. We... we and look, I don't think enough is made about the the even though we talk about it regularly, the issue of getting local people with common sense and good objectives elected to your local boards who, who people who want to craft solutions. And what they're going to find out there once they get there is that the prescriptions from the state government are really what's what they're there complaining about and why they ran. And that they don't have as much power as they think they do. But if we get enough people in those positions and we keep working at it, I think we can fix some of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. That's an, and and I said so I fall into the, the the batch of probably there are some things to worry about through the World Economic Forum and what they're doing and like sure. kind of the, the politicians. Uh, we should all worry about that. Yeah, again, they're like there there there's some troublesome relationships but i mostly i'll take their solutions in a case-by-case basis again i i don't really i'm not really bothered by like more people using rentals you know in in rideshare services for cars like that doesn't bug me um you that's know, a free market fine. competition man enjoy yeah, again, it like again it's it's fine you know i said yeah, i don't, no, it's, I don't it's, mind it like i i'm i'm like a, an optimist about technology for the most part and like where where they talk about that stuff i'm like yeah cool great like and the solution is to get the government out of the way, not to like say that we just need more, you know, government funding to support these technologies. Nope, lost me there. Yeah, or we mean, need to force everyone to use this thing. Nope, lost me there too. Yeah. Um, I mean, believe me, like Lyft and Uber have to buy their 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 regulatory permissions from municipalities to get in there and and sell their stuff. They didn't at first, but now they do. Just, yeah. just like DraftKings and and that that gambling yeah. stuff, they had to buy their permissions from New York State to get in here and and sell their wares, you know. Yeah. So, now it's, so there's <laughs> there's cool stuff out there. Just just be wary of anyone anyone who starts to sound like a Malthusian and anyone who starts to say that's a great idea, we're gonna force it on everyone. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Right. <laughs> Anytime you can say no, just no. 
Stop it. And, and honestly, even if if we can get in there and stop the virtue signaling, right, on our local level and just say, look, dude, what you're doing is simply virtue signaling. You need to knock it off. We need to serve our students, our constituents, our town's members. You, you serving the government and your virtue doesn't do anything. It doesn't bring jobs here. It doesn't, like, solve the, the – look, the, the issue – Everybody in my area turns to government should build housing when, in fact, government destroyed rental housing and the two family situation of people would rent out rooms. They destroyed it. Okay, they destroyed it. And they have not taken one step back from that. If they take a few steps back from that, that would have an immediate impact on on the availability of affordable housing, an immediate impact If people could count on the government to help them get rid of a bad tenant. Okay, to help them enforce a contract with a bad tenant that would have an immediate impact on the problem with not not having enough people, enough housing for people. But of course, now they started building apartment complexes. So what do they do? They're they're only going to make it more illegal. You know, without government, how would we have apartment buildings? There's no way to get apartment buildings without the government, Tim. There was a way, and you guys regulated it out, out of existence. They're just, and you try to explain that to them, and they look at you and they're like, oh, the crazy guy. That's so cute. Like, you don't understand, bud. We have to do it this way now. You're shouting in the streets, no, we, we can build our own apartments. We, we, we just got to allow it. And just help me protect my property from bad people. That's all I'm asking. I'll still rent to good people if I get protection from you when I rent to bad people. I swear to God, because the extra cash I get is awesome. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, do we want to do any fake news stuff? I got anything? one. That's kind of yeah. pretty cool. All right. I'll go first. Go. All right. So. Apparently, Kevin, and you you tell me if this is true or not, a monkey in St. Louis Obispo, California, has decided to call 911. He didn't really have a complaint, though. Real news or fake news? Uh, It's real news. It is real news. I'm not not as good at you as hiding the, the, the punchline. Like, anyway... Yes, a, a, a monkey in St. Louis of Peaceful, California on August nice. 17th called 911 and made some noises. And uh, he, he grabbed somebody's cell phone and managed to fire off a 911 call. And it was a little capuchin monkey named Root. And he picked up the zoo cell phone, which was in a golf cart, and just made a call. Nice. It's pretty cool, right? Well, um. All right, so I, I got a I got a couple quick ones for you. All right. um, headline: Papa John's uh, is excited to offer folks a new spin on pizza, toppings only, no crust. Is this a real product or a fake product? They sound just a oh plate of toppings. That's a real. That's real. That's real. They'll heat it up. I, I cover with cheese. Actually, kind of sounds delicious. Oh, you're so wrong about that. You're right about it being real news, but you're you're wrong about it. Yeah. I don't know, it, it. Like it does not appeal to me. I'm like, all right, so it's just it's, it's just some fried vegetables. Right. It's gluten free, bro. It's gluten free. I, I guess I don't know. If I'm if I'm gonna eat like pizza toppings, like I, I want it on a pizza. 
it's just a bowl of fried vegetables at that point, which is fine. I've had bowls of fried vegetables that make it at home, but like, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, I got, I got, I got a fake news thing for you. Tim O'Connor, the freedom variant, found a tweet by Robert Reich that he ostensibly agreed with. Real news or fake news, Kevin? Uh, real news. It I mean, is. it sounds like fake news, though. But it's- I know it. It's 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 real news. Uh, ostensibly, I agree with him. Um, much right, well, ado has been made right. about the ten thousand dollar tax credits um, or ten thousand dollar credit for student loans. Okay, yes. much much ado, and I'm going to say, um, originally right from the start, everybody had it wrong, and then. Guys like Spike Cohen and the Libertarian Party all kind of stole my concept, but they haven't quite nailed it quite as well as I have. That, look, the federal government is a a predatory lender, okay? They have manipulated, they have lied, and they have cajoled children into taking on debt for education when the goal should be, I want to be this. Instead, the government has convinced them, all you need is the education, not a specific goal. And the education itself will make your life better. And then the government yeah. says, well, you have to have an education to have one of our jobs. So it's like this self-fulfilling kind of garbage prophecy, right? And I have a, I, I, I put my way through school. I support people that want to do that. Um, but this, this $10,000 cash is nothing compared to what we've given to big businesses, corporations, and stuff like that to encourage their behavior so basically what this this was was an advertising that so robert rice didn't get it quite right but i didn't disagree with him when he said this too much is being made about this you don't get upset when we give money to corporations you don't get upset when we give money to you know china or whatever right like kids can use this money and they're in dire straits i i they've been lied to they've been manipulated they've been preyed upon by the government the $10,000 is just advertising to encourage more kids to believe in the fallacy of a, a non-directed education. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. A couple of things. About it. So one, like, it's so funny to see populists like talk about this because I've seen this a, a bunch from not just you, but I saw like a, a few other libertarians talking about the same thing or, or just like, I'm a populist. That's fine. Yeah. No, uh, and and you know Robert Reiches is also a populist, but he's he's, he's left wing fascist, right? He's not a, you know? Well, and fascist no, he, he, he you could be populist and a fascist at the same time. Um, a lot of them are <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's interesting to, to see that because, like, I think you and I agree on like both the impact and you know the solutions regarding like federal student loans for the most part. Sure. Uh, but and like to me, like a like as a libertarian, like. Yo, I was mad about those other government giveaways, so like, don't play that game. Oh, with that me. too. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. No. Uh, but but B, like, I I don't think that this is like a malicious thing. I don't think the student loan program is malicious. I think it is short sighted and and like they the people who like continue to push this despite like the the negative consequences that like end up down the road just it's not that they they they're malicious about it it's just that they they refuse to see beyond like the immediate good that they think they're 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 accomplishing right and that is, that is so much of like what government does so again yeah. for for student loans it's like we are getting kids to college yay mission accomplished like we've done a good thing we got kids to college and the, and then again you don't realize down the road like 
We're causing degree inflation. We're causing tuition to go up because there's no reason for colleges to control prices. We're, we're putting these kids in debt, you know, kids, young adults, people like myself, too, like who stupidly we're, didn't understand the IBR program. And now I owe more than what I actually paid you know, right. or what I borrowed originally. Again, they don't think about the long term consequences. So even this like ten thousand dollar forgiveness, like we're helping like people out. And, and I'm like, wait, this doesn't fundamentally solve the problem like you need to think beyond that like you need to go beyond like the warm fuzzies that we feel right now okay and and think about what happens 10 years from now if you don't actually change anything so right. yeah yeah think you're doing good but like you're you're, you're not where, where it gets predatory kevin is that you cannot bankrupt your way out of college student loans you cannot there is what no jerk senator made that happen what's that Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden Joe was Biden. behind that. Sure. Yeah. Uh and, and George Bush, guys, was would rewrote help rewrite the bankruptcy laws that, that definitely contracted human freedom. Okay. It's a it's a look, contracting human freedom is very, very, very bipartisan. All right. Yeah. So there's no accountability to the degree that's offered. So and look, I'll go one step further. I could tell you a personal story where my my uh a daughter, stepdaughter went to college. They, they tell her that she's going to get admitted to a nursing program. She just has to take one semester of classes. She takes the classes that she understands she's supposed to take. And then she goes back and says, all right, transfer me into the program. And they're like, you didn't take the right classes. You've got to take another semester. So she's going to end up, would have ended up at taking three years, going six, $7,000 a semester into debt. Okay. It's predatory like I've never seen, like credit cards are not anywhere near as predatory as the federal government loaning money to young children who want a better life. Yes. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's because again, to me, like the relationship isn't predatory. It's just bad incentives, right? It's like bad mm. economics. And again, and I say this as someone like who, again, the government's just like, we're going to help poor kids get to college. And so, let's not worry about whatever else happened. We're going to help poor kids get to college. And like, this is how we do it. We give them unlimited loans. And, right. and then the colleges are like, again, and, and I, I say this as someone like I was on the board of trustees at a college. Like this isn't like abstract for me. Like I was in the room, like talking about this stuff. Right. And the college, they look at this stuff and they say, hey, listen, because students are able to get either grants or loans to come here, they are not that price sensitive right like they're just not thinking about like what this cost is because they know that the government is going to give them a loan or a or grants for covering the cost of this so when we're considering raising tuition or not raising tuition that is something we need to keep in mind the rich students will be able to cover hey. that it won't matter the middle class students will get loans, then the government will give them all the loans that they need for the most part. And lower class students, you know, working class students will get grants and loans to cover that too. And so if students aren't price sensitive, they're not shopping based on the amount of like how much it, it costs, they're sensitive to other things like education programs and residence halls and amenities. So if you want those students to come, you need to pay for that stuff. So the best thing for the college to do is to raise the prices knowing that they'll get they're not going to lose that many students by raising the prices because they're not price sensitive if they cut their tuition they cut their costs they're probably not going to gain that many students because again they're not that price sensitive but you'll gain more students by 
bringing in more money and then reinvesting that in education programs and yeah. new residence halls and other stuff. So again, in, in the boards, they don't, they don't make money off of this. They're all, they're, they're all volunteer boards at like any nonprofit college. Like they, they cannot make money from this. So it's just, you look at this from a financial decision. How do we offer the best education possible? Well, we raise tuition. We raise the money a bunch because the government's backing it and we're not on the hook if these students can't actually pay for it in the long run. Again, mm. it's not that they're not making the moral decision of like, we have even to consider that, that too. Even but the like, disconnect, right? The disconnect yeah. that you're talking about there, right? The, the accountability disconnect. While I call it predatory, I feel that that's an accurate description. What you're saying about the human beings in every system is always true, okay? But the system itself becomes predatory, okay? So yes. when you have teachers in high school saying, what you need to do is go to college. Well, I don't really know what I want to be. Well, go to college figure it out and, you know and, like, and that's that's kind of like how i see it is it's not the the individual actors in that system who are like predatory. acting immorally or predatory right. they all think they're doing what is best given their situation and perspective and it's not right. in like a greedy way it's just like oh like we want to help these kids or like we want to help build a better education program we want to like, have and, good sidewalks on our campus and, and yeah we exactly like that type of stuff like, but again like it, the man. It's it's not like that individual system is uh, that individual decision is wrong. It's that in collective, when the government sets these policies to do these things to create bad incentives, that's when you start to get that. I, that's where I'll agree. That's where it becomes predatory in right. the way all these work in conjunction with one another with bad sure. incentives. And, and to simplistically call it predatory is to attract attention to to the issue that number one, you can't bankrupt out of this stuff. Number two, college isn't for everybody. And I had a buddy, liberal teacher, liberal, liberal all the way through. Matter of fact, we're, we, we can't even communicate anymore because he's rabid, um, uh, rabid authoritarian liberal. Um, so, but even he as a teacher was like, no, what there's so much we're doing that's wrong in education by not, by encouraging, all kids to go to college is a real problem. We, we we need to take individual students' desires and goals into account and their abilities. Some kids can't write, but they can build a birdhouse, bro. So, like, let's get them those sets of skills that takes birdhouse building to the next level, okay? And, yeah. and that has been destroyed, okay? And so that makes the 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 drive to send more kids to college it encourages that drive and and even some liberal unionized you know authoritarians agree with that concept yeah again it's 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 those things too it's just the the high school environment kind of drives people to to those things rather than figuring out what would make sense without having to necessarily all go to college um and like I said, there's there so many opportunities out there for different stuff. And I'm, I'm going to get to this comment in a second. But, yeah, um, I like this one. you know, uh, the, the, other thing, the, the other thing as well, too, and I'll kind of uh, get to this comment, is like I also sat on like the curriculum committee at my college as a student. So I sat there for three years and we decided to curriculum. One thing's things like that that they had an issue with is that a lot of students would come in and they're like, like they're just not ready for college like like legit like they got in and you know like their grades are good and on paper they're really great and it's just like shoot like the, the education system doesn't even prepare them for this we yeah. have to take time doing this and a lot of those students the ones who are like marginal and not prepared and they're not able to to catch up they end up spending more time in college because the colleges are trying to catch them up to get them to the level that they feel is their standard for their degree 
that that public high schools aren't meeting. So they spend year five and six and take on more debt to finish their degree to do sure. that stuff. Again, that's that's a failing of a direct failing of public education driving greater debt in college. And, and people don't make that connection very often. But like that, that is it's something a good else connection to make. I think a lot of kids would be way more successful meeting the goals of what a college offers if they took a little time to mature before they went there. What do you think yeah. about that? No, for for so I, I was the RA of an all freshman boys before, yeah. and I can I can see that you're just um, like wow, this is really awful. <laughs> yeah. A lot of you guys but, aren't prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like in, in many ways, I wasn't, and I and I figured it out because like the people around me, and that's nice. And college can be a good like way of like getting there. Sure. But for 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 a lot of young people like that, it's they're not ready for it. They're not going to get there. It's a very expensive way to like learn adulting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah oh yeah. yeah no i have some memories that faded and you know it, it, it interfered with by substance <laughs> well, so yeah well, it was it was legal uh, it was legal back in your day to drink and and i had left home early so and i yeah. still wasn't quite ready like i i moved out of my home when i was young and i yeah. still college was still incredibly overwhelming for me yeah um let me get this come to uh shelly on youtube says my four kids went to college one of them works in their field of study yeah now that, that happens all the time and again if you you either in high school or in college like learn how to learn and learn like some right. of the the other skills like either writing or you know how to socialize and network in college is great I have a degree in history and political science. And I think I said this on, on the show yesterday. Like sure. other than this show, I don't like use that degree directly. I use it in a roundabout way, but Correct. I am in digital marketing, advertising and, and sort of like software development now. Right. Yeah. I have a degree in economics, right. But physically and mentally I'm hardwired for, you know, the the smart guy on a, a hard labor site. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, put that pile of shit over there, put that pile of shit over there. Let's put it. And now let's get it up and you guys keep moving. You know, like that's, that's what I'm hardwired for. Now I do use my, my economics and my philosophy when I'm talking about politics and I did minor, I took a lot of philosophy classes and I really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's more of a personal benefit for me. And I certainly tried to go down a track where I would be working in an office and literally I, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't going to work. So yeah. is that what it is? I'm so um, glad that I went to college though. I, I, yeah. I, though I, I did kind of feel like just because my grades were decent in high school, the push to get me to go to college may have not been perhaps, and there was a push to get me to go to college. Um, by my teachers, not so much by my family. They didn't really care. Um, but that, that there was a push there that probably is a 50, 50 trade-off. I mean, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, I went to college. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like, well, if I knew what I knew now and how right. I could get to my career without college, like I'd be great, but I don't know. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't have known what I know now then. And, you know, so I'm glad I went to college in some ways. Like there's there's definitely stuff I'd learned there. Uh, I've met my wife there, too. So, you know, that's nice. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like that. But there are a lot of ways I'm like, well, 
I didn't really need to do that to be in like the career I'm in now. Um, and everything I've learned like since college has been like, oh, there's there's just a ton of free resources out there for you to be able to learn like a lot of different careers. And yeah. after a certain point, most employers do not care. You like, can always learn coding, matter. right? Just fall back on that's, code. I mean, that's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> that's kind of what i fell into like i'm not i'm not doing the development i do like uh kind of related stuff though so yeah well yeah uh guys i, I don't know kevin it's uh, we this was a good long show i had a blast yeah. but i think it's uh you know been going since like four in the morning five in yeah the morning. no it feels like forever i and i i didn't get to it like can i share one piece of positive news i'm gonna leave sure. this with everyone chicken wing prices are now below their pre-pandemic levels it's a miracle the supply chain is saving itself guys it's just in time for football season <sighs> Woo! one bit there's so much negative news out there chicken wings I, are now I, you're gonna go with fake both. news on that one i get it no that's good news that is good news guys chicken wing and look I do see signs of the, the supply chain correcting itself. I still see massive waits for parts sometimes, but other times we're starting to get back to where we can uh, find things faster. And look, I've always, I'm always, always try to be optimistic. Occasionally I get the COVID, the government response to COVID put me in one of the most pessimistic, not that I didn't laugh about it. Right. But I was very yeah. pessimistic about where we were heading and you know, that that probably the most pessimistic I've ever been in my life, and so now maybe we'll come out of this and we'll be okay. Hope so. All right. Well, on that note, we'll end the show. Thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate y'all being here. Glad you Thanks. enjoyed the show, Shelly. Um, and yeah, have a good night, folks. Take we'll see care. you later.